0: Heavenly Father, we come again with bowed heads and humbled hearts and contrite spirits, thanking you again, Lord, for another day not promised to us. Lord, I ask that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our transgressions and our shortcomings and those things, Lord, to place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm asking at this time right now that you bless us, Lord, beyond measure. I'm asking, Lord, that if it's anything that you need us to do as a ministry, as a group, as a body of Christ, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I'm asking that you give us your instruction and make it clear. I'm asking that your Holy Ghost, Lord, falls on everyone here, that we may see the truth, Lord, and understand it, that we will eventually, Lord, mature to doing the things that you have called us to do. Lord, because we have to be doers in the word as well, Lord, not just listeners, not just hearers. Lord, I'm asking that you just take us beyond where we have been, I'm asking that you wash us clean, Lord, forsaking our sins. I'm asking, Lord, right now, that you bind every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of contention, every spirit of confusion, malice, jealousy, hatred, every Ahab spirit, every Jezebel spirit, every spirit of rejection, Lord, sloth, anything that goes against you, Lord, I'm asking that it be bound at this time. I'm asking, Lord that you keep us as we go to and fro. We are so grateful for you, Lord, for all that you have given us. Time to come to the truth, time to gain understanding, time to mature, Lord, in your blood, in your precious blood. I'm asking, Lord, that after today, Lord, that this will be new beginnings for us, that we walk in your ways, because there's no greater glory, Lord, than to please you, for we are the temple of the living God. And you are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are faithful, just, and true, and worthy to be praised. Lord, do these things for your glory. Do them for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, so tonight's study is going to be on um, six things that God hates and seven are an abomination. We kind of went over that last week, but we're going to probably shed more light on it tonight. So... Um, we're going to get into some of the things that he hates, and the Bible clearly says that God hates it. I know some people say God can't hate because God is love. Well, if God stands for what's right, then you have to hate what's what's not right. I mean, that just makes perfect sense. If you love children, you hate abortion. You know, if you love that which is good, you must hate that which is evil, not people. I mean, like the acts of evil themselves. So that's what separates us from what is bad, you know, versus what is good. So that's pretty much what we're going to talk about today. So, um, what I want to do is, um, Ryan wants to present something, and then Sarah, and then from there we'll get going. All right. All right. I'll go first
1: then. Huh? I said I'll go first.
0: <laughs> on me. I know. Wow.
1: All right, guys. We're gonna start off in uh, Ezekiel thirty-three. Let's see if I can find it. seems like right in the middle. No. In the No, no, I'm just waiting. I'm just
0: waiting.
1: Alright. Here we go. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coasts and set him for their watchmen, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, and taketh not warning, if the sword come, and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchmen see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come, and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. Now, all of us know the truth in Jesus Christ, right? So therefore, we're a type of watchman. Right. So, I mean, if there's someone who doesn't know the truth, and we just pass by them, I mean, that could be our opportunity to speak with them about Jesus. All right? to, pre- to present the truth to them. Like, there's a reason I'm bringing this up. I mean, if you go to, uh, uh let's go to, uh, 2 Timothy 3. It's toward the back. Yeah it's, yeah, it's really far back.
0: Right Thessalonians and all that.
1: Too far, yeah,
0: this is up there. it's like it's a really small book. <laughs> yeah. All right. you? It for, if you see Hebrews, you know you went too far. It's like right next to Hebrews. Uh, Titus and all the other. Uh, No, it's this way. Uh, uh, Second Timothy's right next to it.
1: It's right behind Titus. Mm -hmm.
0: Titus. It's
1: really small. How are you say that? ready uh, too far.
0: just oh, one okay. page but,
1: but. where are you second timothy what uh second timothy
0: 3 3 all right so
1: chapter 3 yeah chapter 3 verse 1 so. all right this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but no- denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Guys, look around you. I mean, what what time is it? I'm like, wh- where are we living right now? You can see this everywhere you look.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? In that day for sure.
1: I mean... Guys, we're in the last days for sure, definitely. I mean, you can't just skip by this anymore. You gotta act. I mean you can't just listen to the word and not do it. I mean I think it's uh where does it say? James one and twenty two says that. And you know, uh be not just hearers of the word, but also doers, you know. Um go to Matthew twenty four. Okay. Just a few Matthew what? 24. Okay. And... Uh, 24 and 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, no, this is Jesus, uh, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars, and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Now, guys, the Bible tells you to examine yourselves. All right, there's a reason why the Lord brought Derek to teach us to ground us in the Word. The yeah, I mean, the Lord's teaching everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you get that for a second.
0: Well,
1: thank you. <laughs> hey, bro. How's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? Yeah. All right. I mean, Derek's, Derek's grounding us in the word, you know, obviously through the Lord. All right. But he's doing that so we can build up our own faith. All right. He's, so we can strengthen our faith and test our faith. There's nothing wrong with coming up here and presenting anything, alright? That's just, you're really, all that is, is, you know, exercising your faith. Even if it's something small, just come up here. I mean, how can you go out and, you know, and talk to a stranger about the Lord if you you can't bring something up to, you know, the group of friends, right? There's nothing wrong with being corrected either. I mean, that just brings understanding, alright? I mean... Listen, there's a reason we're trying to build our faith up, and that's to be ready for the times that are about to happen. You know, Here, uh, let's go to, I think it's just one verse down. Uh, yeah, verse 9, the same chapter. All right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then shall they deliver you up to the afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another. And shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Guys, like we have to endure this. How are we going to endure this if our faith isn't that strong? All right. How how do we know if we're in the faith? You you have to test it. You have to prove to yourself that you're in the faith. Um, let's go to Second Corinthians thirteen. Think about it. If ten guys busted through that door right now and put guns to all of our heads and said, "Declare, declare that Jesus Christ is Lord," I mean, how many of you would really do it? Right? I'm serious about that. Like, okay, so okay, maybe you might say, "Yeah, okay, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord." But what happens if they pull your family in here and put guns to their head and then tell you to confess it? You guys really gonna do it? I mean, it's it's hard to imagine that, but. Hey, so you never know. They might soon do soon. it.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? All right. So, uh, 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Right. Examine yourselves, whether ye you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, that uh, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye, ye be re- reprobates? So, unless you're a reprobate, Christ is in you. All right? you know he's you you got to grow him in you obviously he's got to grow in you right you know you got to grow in the faith um and I'm not up here saying that cuz like I'm acting like I'm holier than thou cuz I'm wicked and wretched I'm a sinner all right <laughs> all right I I've, I've been struggling with uh with pornography since I was super young all right like so I'm I'm definitely I'm not that worthy to be up here okay Anyone can come up here and teach. Well, all right. and you
2: know, we all have our struggles. It's if. Every single we one give of us is sinners. The because yep. the perfection, like it says, because some people read the word perfecting in the Bible, like, I can't be perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, if you read what it means, that's a maturing in Christ. Exactly. Are you willing to give that to Him so He can work in your life? Mm-hmm. He can clean that out of you, but, you know, we have to be willing to give it. And He knows our heart. He knows what we're willing to do and exactly. not willing to do. And that's why He hasn't, like, taking any of us in our sin you Mm -hmm. know he knows what you know we're coming closer to him you know it's all about being grounded in rudeness exactly
1: it's also about it's about striving to be better Mm -hmm. striving to be more like god all right um go to uh let's see where was it i got hold on i got lost for a second um all right james one
0: that's right near where we are. Just a couple of books, okay. right after Hebrews. Yeah, if you hit Peter, you might you go too far. Just one book from Peter, between uh, Hebrews and Peter.
1: James one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. all right so james a servant of god and of the lord jesus christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad greeting my brethren count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations um that temptations the greek word for that is um parasmos um it's actually means it's like um i probably should have written that down uh, but it means, it's like a trial. Like, it, it's basically trials, you mm-hmm. know? So...
0: Like being tested. Yeah,
1: being tested. Sure. All right. Um, Knowing this, and the trying of your faith worketh, worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know, I mean, that's, perfect is a big word. All right. I, don't, I seriously doubt, I mean, there's only one that's perfect, all right? That's That's God. Okay. well this
0: means more of like a um complete or or um maturing mm-hmm. you know like wanting nothing like instead of it coming straight from um you know us being made perfect then out of christ in us is where the perfection comes in and doing what he calls us to do so yeah, we would never be perfect, but it's Christ formed in us because God only deals with God. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, He only deals with Christ in you. He knows that we we would mess it up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, good. Sorry.
1: No, 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 don't, don't worry. It's fine. I mean, there's a, there's a few reasons why. I mean, a lot of people are afraid to teach. You know, it's not really about. I mean, well, it, it's a, a lot of it's about teaching, but it's also about exercising your faith all right just test it out you know see where and in, where in the faith you are all right just test it out i mean one of the first the biggest things is fear all right you're, you're afraid to come up here and teach or you're afraid to go out and evangelize or you know talk to one of your family members because you know they're an atheist or they're in some other religion um fear is like nothing else besides lack of faith all right you gotta build yourself up in the faith, even if you're scared, just go do it. All right. Make sure you're called by the
2: Lord. First. Yes,
1: make yes. sure you're called by the Lord. You know. Pray.
0: Yeah. 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 Definitely pray for yeah. it.
1: Um, the second is you're afraid to be corrected. You know. <sighs> like I said, correction brings understanding. All right. There's there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you should be happy if you're corrected, because then they now you know the right way to do something or the right way to teach,
0: okay? I've been corrected many a days. There are times I even listen to some of the recordings and I'll always say, man, I could have said something different, Mm -hmm. or, you know. Mm -hmm. But all that is is grooming. You know, the Lord will point out things that you've done and he'll set you right so you know next time. So yeah, he's
1: right. Um, The third is, well, slothfulness, lazy, you know. You have something better to do. you know, there's something else going on that you'd rather do, right? Well, you know, an idle soul, hungers like it, it suffers hunger,s huh, suffers hunger. You know, your soul wants to be gaining knowledge, all right. And if you're not providing it with the knowledge of the Word, or of you know the stuff of Jesus Christ, then you you're providing it with the knowledge of the world, and not just knowledge. You're just stuffing random stuff in there. You know, because your soul's always going to be hungry for stuff. That's why when you get bored or something and you're not really doing much, that's when the temptations really start hitting you. That's
0: true. You know? You're trying to relax. Because you're just
1: idle. You're not doing anything. So, I mean, that's really, we we really got to, you know, think about this kind of stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. especially with doing the Word, not just hearing the Word. Because I guarantee every single one of us, the Lord has either given us a thought Or told us to go, you know, put hands on someone, which we haven't done, or you know, told us to say something to someone that could have won a soul. All right, it could have brought understanding to someone that would have allowed them to, you know, the Lord to work through them to soften their heart and open their eyes. Hey, I'm guilty of this just as you know everybody else in here is guilty of this because I guarantee the Lord has brought something to every single but like every every single person that has avoided doing something. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, and if we're watchmen, and the Lord's telling us to do something, and we're not doing His will, you know, it's it's going to come back on us. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a big thing to deal with. Um, but yeah, guys, test your faith. You know, exercise it. Go out and evangelize it. Go talk to someone. or Come up here and like give a psalm, or or give something that the Lord wants you know wants you to say. Because I guarantee everyone's had a thought to come up here and you know bring something to you know, bring something that you know maybe the Lord brought to them that that gave them understanding. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but with that, um, I'm going to turn it back over to Derek so he can. Oh no, my bad. I'm going to turn it over to Sarah.
0: <laughs> I am used. To, to I'm win. used to being last. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> okay. And okay. Be first.
2: All
1: right. A Go ahead. Sarah. Chairs, real
0: quick. <laughs>
2: Go ahead, everyone. uh, Turn to Psalm forty. Whoops, that water was
0: closed. Yeah, Psalm is like you split your Bible in half equally, evenly. It's right there.
2: It was interesting how the Lord gave me this Psalm. It kind of woke me up because I have like Bible verses that come to my phone early in the morning mm-hmm. and it actually woke me up when i heard it and so i asked the lord you know i read the one verse that it, it came up and i said lord give me understanding because i have been kind of struggling with you know some encouragement this week with uh you know and i'm not going to say the lord i mean the lord has always taken care of my finances but i've been you know saving money for a car and i think that the enemy or state's been kind of you know messing with my finances a little bit this week and so i've been praying that the Lord help me because it's always easier for us to call upon the Lord when when times are good but when times are bad that's when we feel like you know is he hearing me and we are grounded in our faith and our faith will still be tested even with our finances and so I believe the Lord gave me this gave this to me so I'm just going to read it here I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry he brought me up also out of an horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and, fear and trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud nor such turn as aside to lies. Many, O oh my Lord, my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak unto them, they are more than can be numbered. So the Lord's uh, blessings and his when he takes care of us, it's more than we can even just think about counting because his blessings and his, you know, when he helps us is endless, you know. Sacrifice and offering thou desires thou did not desire, mine ears hast thou opened, burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is written within my heart. And the law is the law of the spirit. So it's the law of christ in us it's not some physical law it's the relationship that we have with the lord i have preached righteousness in the great congregation Lo, i have not refrained my lips O lord thou knowest i have not hid thy righteousness within my heart i have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation i have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation this kind of goes along with what ryan was saying he goes out and he's preaching the righteousness And it's like, if we have Christ in us, we should be wanting to tell people about the joy and everything that he's done for us, you know. He's done a lot for my life, I can tell you that for sure. So this is something, it's like if we have Christ grown in us, we're going to have that joy overflowing, and we're going to want to tell people about it. Verse 11. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually perceive me preserve preserve me thank you for for innumerable evils have compassed me about mine iniquity have taken hold upon me so that i am not able to look up they are more than the hairs of mine head therefore my heart faileth me you know it's something that the world tells us today is trust in your heart well we can't trust in our own heart because our own heart You know, it perceives evil, you know. So we have to trust in the Lord. The Lord is the only one that can fill our heart. He's the only one that can make our heart right. Um, Verse 13. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate for a reward of their shame That say unto me, Aha, Aha. Let all those that seek rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, The Lord is magnificent. I am magnified. (laughs) I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tearing, O my God. So I believe here is that if we come before the Lord with any need that we have and we seek him earnestly and with humility taking pride out of the way he's going to hear us and he's going to help us the Lord has never left me without but again our faith is going to be tested at time to see are we willing to seek the Lord with whatever we got going on so anyways that's it
0: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, um, the reason why I ask everyone to bring something, like Ryan said, is not for the benefit of humiliation, you know, but again, there's so much that goes on in our lives that we just don't know. You know, this is a base camp, in my opinion. Yeah, we may record this stuff, and of course we want everything to come off of it to be proper and, you know, everything else, but... I can tell you guys, man, my first sermon I did in New York, I remember, you know, I I told my mom I wanted to do one. So she went and spoke to the pastor, and the pastor said, you know, "Um, Vine, what Sunday do you want? And I'm like, oh, man, you know, I've never done this. I wasn't expecting to be thrown out there. But, you know, while I was in the back praying, and they were up there, you know, going on with the service, man, I was like, man, I should just get on this train and leave and never come back. So the whole time before I went up there, the enemy was just telling me, you can't do this. You know, you're crazy. You know, you actually believe that you're going to get up there and teach someone. So, I mean, there was the enemy just making me doubt, fighting me every step of the way, telling me I'm not ready. And then I remember at the time, man, I was close to giving up. I knew I was going to go out there. I had no idea what I was going to present. But the Lord, you know, told me, if you got guys in the pulpit making money, totally ignorant of this Bible, then you can definitely go forward and do what I told you to do. And that and that strengthened me, and that encouraged me, and it brought me up there. But I'll tell you, I've grown so much since then, I can't stand that first sermon I did. Even when I cut it on now, it's like, I'm just, oh man, did I sound like that? You know, because it's a continuous thing as far as growth is concerned. I remember when Ryan, Sarah, and I started praying together, you know, and everything. Um, you know, I, I was it was my idea, so I was the first one to start praying, and... Man, it was so different than being at home. When I was at home, I could just flow. But around them, I mean, it was like I didn't know my ABCs. I mean, I didn't know what to say or where to go with it. But practice does make perfect, even in the Word of God, Mm -hmm. you know. And and there's something about the Lord knowing that when you're willing and you're out there doing it, He's not going to leave you with nothing to say. That is not the God we serve because if you stand for Him, He'll stand for you. Okay, so... You know, I agree with what Ryan was saying as far as us being doers. Now, of course, things take time. You know, of course, we want to learn everything we can because we can't put ourselves in the 12th grade if we're really in the first grade. These things do take time to mature, to get, you know, ready to do. And I agree with Sarah. The reason why I asked, you know, to bring a psalm is because I don't know if you guys noticed when we were reading that, that they were talking about those who have evil against me, that they'll be turned back or turned away. You know, those that will say, aha, we all know people like that in our lives, people that only mean you harm, you know, danger seen and unseen and things that can come to you, you know, and and you don't even know that this person is trying to betray you. But these Psalms, when you quote them in the morning and you read them, they are great for the spirit. They build you up. They tell you who your God is and they help you to have a heart after his. So I quote several Psalms every morning. I'm not telling everyone that that's what they should do. I'm just telling you what helped me, you know, it helps me quite a bit to know, man, my God can do all these things. Mm -hmm. And then when you actually go out there and he proves it time and time again, you can have the government against you. You know, I mean, I, I could just tell that story again. You know, someone that worked with us tried to get Sarah Ryan and I fired. And I mean, they came up with all this information about people in the Bible and all this other stuff. This stuff was in the news. They tried their best to destroy us. And what did we do? We prayed. We sang psalms. We, we, we worshiped the Lord. You know, we gave him the glory. And you know what? He decimated everything that they had on that side. Whatever made these decision makers make the decisions they made, I know that the Lord was totally involved in it. You know, he took care of those things. And I mean, just 2016 alone, man, the Lord has brought my faith to another level. Because I believe everything in this book. I'm not going to go into all the healings and things that the Lord had done. But I'll tell you, this word is for real. Yes, it is. Okay? The the world will try and tell you this is an old relic. It means nothing. You know, you can be a good person without it. Don't believe that for a second. This is God's wisdom. This is all the wisdom we need. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, it can move mountains, literally. (laughs) All right, so... um, You know, from here, we'll just get right into the lesson. But um, let's go to uh, Proverbs 6 and 16. But you know, it's true. This is a base camp. That's all it is. This is where we're going to get groomed. This is where we're going to get ready to do the things of the Lord. You know, um, hoping sometime around the end of the year, we will get into spiritual warfare and understanding what that whole thing is about. We will know how to cast out devils. We will know how to heal, lay hands on the sick and have them healed. Okay, this this is this is a base camp. That's all it is. There's nothing more than that. All right. All right. So it's uh, Proverbs 6 and 16, and it says These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies and he that soweth discord among the brethren my son keep thy keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother so he's just telling you to have these things you know in order you know a lot of our parents they taught us you know grow up you know treat others as you would treat yourself you know just be a good person but of course we've all gone off track with that you know we didn't listen to everything that our lord was telling us to do or our parents but We're going to get started with the first one, and that would be a proud look. The Lord can't stand pride, you know, because pride keeps truth from getting in. Pride keeps people from doing the things of God because they tell themselves they don't need God. So one thing the Lord can't stand is pride because I don't know if you guys have ever dealt with anyone that's proud. But try and present your point to them and watch how they respond to you. You know, it's almost like, well, I know and you don't need to tell me anything. You know, so you can't teach a person like that. And if anyone wants to know what the true meaning of the word heathen is, a heathen means unteachable. Because they were considered those people that were outside of the children of Israel that that the Lord had given his laws, statutes and commandments to. Okay, so anything outside of what God's instruction was, was considered a heathen. Like, you can't teach them. They're barbarians. You know, they want nothing to do with the truth. So we don't want to be like that. So let's look at um, Psalm 101 real quick, since we're uh, close by. Just back one book. And the reason I selected this is because if we want to have faith in God, and we want the Lord's favor in our lives, We have to know the things that he loves, and we have to know the things that he hates. Mm -hmm. If God hates a thing, that is not the sort of thing you want to be caught doing. (laughs) Okay? You know, if you want his favor in your life, we just need to learn what those things are and through time be obedient to him. All right, so we'll go to Psalm 101, and we'll start at verse 1. It says, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Now, again, this isn't perfect as in no mistakes. This is matured in Christ. Okay. This means complete. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. So he's talking about here, no wicked thing coming up, you know, to you. Um, We don't understand the damage that can be done and watching things that are wicked. Mm -hmm. I know it seems like to us it's no big deal, but the way that we're made and the way that we're built, unfortunately, when we watch something, it's never just watched and then turned off and then your mind goes blank. Somehow we were made, and I believe it was for the word of God and his instruction, but the enemy can take it and do the exact same thing with it. We have a recorder. That plays over and over again when we receive something, whether it's through our sight, you know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. These things, when you go into them, you know, when you allow the things that you hear that can affect you, you know, that's where we talk about enchantment. You'll hear a song and that song will play and play and play. We did a song called Nature of the Beats where um, we were talking about how, well, there were some... Famous people, you know, that met up with the government and the US government said, we're building prisons to um, get people into them so that way we can make more money. Now, this was done in 1991. There was a government, the government and um, the music producers got together and they said, we need you to make hostile rap music to destroy a generation. That's what it's called. But they wanted them to make hostile music. OK, to get people listening to this so they would act like whatever it was that they heard. Mm-hmm. And and God help us if it didn't work, because it totally did. I remember in 1991, I was a big rap fan and then came N.W.A., then came this. I mean, the most you might have gotten way back when was LL Cool J. He's walking around with a gold chain and a Kango on talking about he's bad. Now, how did he's bad come from, you know, this B, that and that and, you know, the hoes this and and all the dudes this and so you've seen society just change because of this but I want people to know it it wasn't your enjoyment it wasn't what you sought in order to make something happen you were programmed to think this way okay And, and so much so that it became normal that everybody began doing this stuff so what we take in can be dangerous if we're not careful with how we deal with it so that's a big part of wearing the armor so he said he'll set no wicked thing before his eyes, and he um, hates the work of them that turn aside, like those who turn back, those who turn to sin. He said, it shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. That means a perverse heart, you know, a heart of iniquity, a heart of confusion, you know, that those type of things he doesn't want around him. I will, I will not know a wicked person. You know that saying, we are the company we keep. Mm-hmm. If you hang around people, birds of a feather do flock together. Biblical terms, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? Right. So these are things that, you know, we have to be aware of. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. So the Lord won't even suffer someone that's looking proud. You don't even have to act proud. You know, you can just look proud and the Lord is just so turned off from it. Okay, so that's the sort of thing we want to watch. And then it says, "Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. And he that tells lies shall not tarry in my sight. And he says, I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. So we don't want to be found in any of this company. This kind of parallels with Proverbs, because you notice that lies and being proud and other things, you know, are in this. But the point is, is that, you know, we just have to know God's ways reading this book by itself will wash you clean. Mm -hmm. Okay, just having an appetite for reading this Bible will do all the work itself. Why? Because these are the instructions of God. So this is why when you attempt to read it, you fall asleep. Okay, because the enemy doesn't even want you diving here. He knows that this is the beginning of your transformation just to change your mind and read this. And then from here, go into doing what this book says. Mm -hmm. So when you do that, you become an enemy of our adversary. You know, so he wants you walking around in the dark, not even recognizing the things that bother God. All right, so from here, um, let's go to Psalm 51, since we're already here. Psalm 51 and 15. Anyone you want to have any questions so far or anything you want to add? right. Psalm 51 and 15. It says, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall shew forth thy praise. For so thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. So one thing the Lord wants from us, which is why he tries to keep us from pride, is because He's saying a broken vessel can be filled. Mm -hmm. Okay, when you fall on the Lord, the Bible says if you fall on God, you know, you'll be broken, which means he can fix you. But if he falls on you, he'll grind you to powder. That's what the Bible says, you know, straight out. So you want his instruction, but the things of the world and the world mind, they puff us with pride. You know, we get degrees. And we just feel like, man, I've achieved, I've arrived. Why? Because the world told me so. Okay, so there's no need for all this other stuff because I'm now a doctor. No one can tell me that I'm not wise. And when a person is that way, the Lord cannot penetrate that. Why? Because you already think you know it all. You know, so there's nothing that can get into that type of thing. But if you were to be one who was broken and said, Lord, you know, forgive me. You know, I I want your wisdom. I want your knowledge. I recognize, even with all my seminary education, even with all my college education, even with everything that I thought was the perfect plan to my life, I'm still in trouble. I'm still miserable. I'm still not getting the things that I want in this life. Why? Because that's a void that's that's in the Spirit that only the Holy Ghost can fill. That's right. Okay, this is why when people are proud you know they usually find themselves in a lot of trouble because they think they know it all and they know too much to be filled you can't put water into a full cup all it's going to do is overflow but if you have an empty cup that is willing to receive the filling it can be filled so does that make sense everybody or anything else no alright um, we'll give an example Well, let's go to James 4 James 4 and verse 1 But, you know, that's one thing this world will do is make you proud. And there's nothing wrong with feeling good and achieving things, but you've got to know the Lord for yourself because one thing that college will never tell you is that there's a spiritual world out there. See, they play everything in the physical and in the carnal. You know, the reason this happened is because of, you know, something to do with, you know, your mind or you were traumatized as a child and all this other stuff. They don't really hit the core that this everything outside of the physical is spiritual. So when it comes to that, people got to put back on, you know, go back to the drawing board and really understand what lies beneath. Mm-hmm. All right, James four in verse one. All right it says from whence come wars and fighting among you come they not uh, hence even to your even of your lust that war in your members ye lust and have not ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain ye fight and war yet ye have not because ye ask not ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that that means like an error um, uh, that ye may consume it upon your lust, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is the is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Uh, do do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain, The spirit that dwelleth uh, in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. You know, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So the point I wanted to get was how God resists the proud. He can't stand pride. I'm telling you, if you guys ever deal with it, I've I've got into many debates with a lot of scientists and people that think that they know that their way is the way. And what's so funny is they told me repeatedly, Well, why don't you use your brain and not use the Word of God? But when they have their theory, they get it straight out of their college. So, okay, they act like they were born that way with that mind, not realizing that they were taught to think Greek. The Greek mind is a proud mind. It's a world mind. From the time you were born up until the time to this day today, You are taught in school and in the world to think Greek. Mm -hmm. They'll always introduce you to Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, you know, they'll always take you into, you know, I mean, look at this country, democracy, that came straight out of Greece and Rome, look at the Senate, all those things that they do, even our American Eagle came from Rome, well, Greece and Rome, you know, through Great Britain to, to America. So, what we got to understand is every day we're taught to think like the world. And this is why, when the Word of God is being mentioned to you, it's foreign to you. All right? I know this is a little turn. Um, Let's go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2 real quick. corinthians chapter 2 and we'll um start at verse uh, 7 and it says but we speak the wisdom of god in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which god ordained before the world uh, unto our glory so you know the the hidden things of god are obviously the holy ghost Mm -hmm. or being in the spirit because that's what reveals the things of god you know and that's why you have to believe in jesus christ before the holy ghost comes into you You don't get the Holy Ghost outside of believing. All right, so verse 8, Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed unto us uh, by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So along with being a broken vessel and not being full of pride, you get to discover the deep things of God because you're asking for new understanding. All we've ever known from being young was to have Greek world minds void of God. Alice Bailey and her 10 step plan, you guys can look it up, 10 strategies to attack Christianity by Alice Bailey. One of them was to take God and prayer out of schools and it was to get um, kids thinking that they could learn the things of the world outside of God. Mm-hmm. So you don't need the Lord to get A's. Okay, that's how they see it. You don't need the Lord to become a doctor. But you do need the Lord for eternal life, which they never tell people. Go ahead, Jake. I was just going to say,
2: uh, I was reading something loosely the other day. You were just talking about schools want to take um, prayer and God out of our. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, there's a school, I can't remember where it's at, but it's in the Park Rose area, where they're going to have like, a Satan school. Did anybody hear about that? No. School of Satan? I'll
0: try to find it, and I'll send you the link if you want. That you no, know? that's cool. I mean, you know what? This um, world is so brainwashed that if, if it said on the outside, School of oh, Satan, what you would see is a bunch of people walk right by it and saying, oh, that's interesting. I mean, the devil is telling you right in front of your face, this is what we're doing. They built the temple of Baal, or they're working on it right now. I think, Martin, you um, saw the, um, I think I sent that link to you, right? We put it on the site where they were building the temple of Baal, which is another name for Satan down in Times Square. And no one's even questioning it. No one's even saying anything about it. Why? Because no one has any understanding of it. All right, so uh, back to uh, verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man, which is in him? Even so, the things that God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So, you know, recognizing here that the world itself has a spirit. Okay, it's not just the education system. It's not just the government. It's not just everything that we want to do that we love to do here. There is a world spirit that is outside of the Spirit of God. Okay, so the thing that we got to understand is this whole thing is spiritual, it's not physical. Now, am I saying forget school and do all of that? Absolutely not. You need these things in life to survive, but the point is, is never buy in. So while I go and I get my degree, while I go and do the things that I want to do, I have to recognize the existence of God, that His Word is what's overall. Right. His Word is above the things that the world says. So that's all you have to do. It's not a thing of recognizing that, well, okay, um, if, I, if I say yes to Jesus, then I have to drop out of school. That's ridiculous. Okay, the fact of the matter is you can go to school, you can be anything that you want to be, but have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let his word be the final authority, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how unreal it seems. All right, so it says 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, concerning spiritual things with spiritual." So it takes a spiritual mind to perceive, to understand the things of the Spirit. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, quick points. You know, there's been a lot of people that have dealt with things in their life when they sought the Lord in their lives. And the Lord has given them miraculous signs where most people would not understand in this world. They would look at it, oh, yeah, right, you know, that's just coincidence or whatever. But it takes a spiritual mind to understand the spiritual things of God. And you cannot get there with pride. Mm -hmm. You have to be broken so you can be filled. It's like, you know, you have to have room in order for people to come into a room. I mean, it's it's logic. It's perfect sense. But, you know, I'm not asking anyone to get there overnight. But recognize your need for God outside of yourself. We have done everything that we could possibly do in this world for self. And how happy are we all? How much trial and tribulation is still around us because we won't give the Lord the wheel to lead the way? We've done it our way for since the beginning. Let's try it His way for once and see what blessings come from it. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's the that's thing with pride. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll give a quick example. Um, let's go to Daniel 5. And then we'll move on. It's too hot in here, guys. I can open the door. It's a little warm. It gets warm
1: in here, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll crack the door. I don't want to cook anybody. Hopefully another spider won't crawl in here. It's kind of cool.
1: Daniel
0: five. All right, we're just going to read a little bit of this. But this is the time that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, um, tried his luck with the Lord. You know, he tried to come in, take over. He wanted three guys who were of Israel to forsake their God to worship him. So he built this big image. He even tried throwing these guys in the fire. Nothing happened. Okay, these guys, because they worship the Lord... The Lord took care of them through it all. So this king that tried to exalt himself above God, you know, was reduced to a beast. This guy had hair, a little seven years, I think he was that way. The Lord took his heart out, well, he didn't take it out, but he gave him a heart of an animal. Basically, what it was saying was, he was a man without God. Right. A man without God is a beast. And these are things that we don't recognize because this is a beast system that we live in. I know exactly how I lived and I know the things that I fight off now, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because of, you know, coming to the Lord and having things right. So this is a new king that came in. His dad eventually did worship the Lord, recognizing his need for God and, you know, lived his life. I believe Nebuchadnezzar, you know, is going to heaven. I believe he's going to be with Christ. Why? Because he forsaked himself and gave himself up for the Lord. Now, Belshazzar, his son, figured you know his dad must have been a pushover or his dad didn't know what he was doing so Belshazzar pretty much took his empire and tried to make it like it was worshiping other gods having statues you know groves and other things built forsaking God so I'll just uh, read a little bit of this and then I'll get down to the bottom but Belshazzar we'll start in verse 1 Belshazzar the king made a great feast uh, to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring uh, the, golden, the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem that the king and his princes and his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver and of brass and iron and wood and stone. So they were, you know, into idolatry. They weren't worshipping the one true God. Excuse me. They were worshipping these idols. Mm -hmm. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster plaster, uh, of the wall in the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand of that rope. So imagine just sitting around us like this. We're all celebrating, having a good time, you know, worshiping false gods and getting into other things. And a hand comes out of nowhere and just writes something on the wall while you're sitting there having a good time. Sounds like a ghost story, right? So it says the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him. So that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against the other. So this guy, which is what you call knocking in his boots, you know, this <laughs> knees knocking. Verse 7, the king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, of uh, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And uh, the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and shew me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck, and shall be a, a, the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing, nor known, nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was the king Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astonished, like astonished, astonished. Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came uh, into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and in the days of thy father light the understanding of wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods uh, was found in him, whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father made master of... of the magicians, astrologers, called deans and soothsayers. So, these guys are remembering because no one can understand what this writing says. This was obviously written by the finger of God. So, as we just read, deep calleth unto deep. Mm-hmm. Okay, it takes spiritual things, or a spiritual mind, to understand the things of God. So, they have um, astrologers and all these guys trying to figure it out, and they can't. But now they remember there was a guy named Daniel, who did understand these things in in earlier interpretations so now they're seeking a man of God to try and get the information that they thought they had now I thought you were big bad and bold but now that you got something you're not sure about now it's time to call a man of God in Uh, there is a, oh I read that part, verse 12 for as much as an excellent spirit uh, and knowledge and understanding and interpreting of dreams and shewing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel who the king named Belshazzar now let Daniel be called and he will shew the interpretation. Uh, then was Daniel brought in before the king and the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou that Daniel which art of the children of the captivity of Judah uh, whom the king my father brought out of Jewry? I have uh, even heard of the that the spirit of the gods is in thee and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee so he said the spirit of the gods Daniel only knows of one God one thing about the heathen if you go into you know a lot of things in Islam you go into a lot of things in... in, um, uh, what do you call it? Catholicism not really because Catholicism... well yeah some of the things that you know the Mary and other stuff If you go into um, Hinduism, Hinduism, they have like three million gods. Okay, so that's the mindset. They think there's a god for every little thing that that goes on. All right, um, where am I? (laughs) Fourteen. Fourteen. I have even heard of thee that the spirit of the gods is in thee and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. And now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me that they should read this writing and make known unto me the interpretation thereof, but they could not shoot in the interpretation of the thing. See, now, these astrologers are spiritual people, okay? They get into witchcraft and all things that God is against. So there are two sources of spiritual power. There is one that comes from God, and there's another that comes from Satan. Mm -hmm. Anything outside of the Spirit of God that does any type of miracles is from the Spirit of Satan. There's no in-between. Okay, so the point that they're bringing up here is he went to these guys and these guys don't understand. All right, uh, verse 16. And I have heard of thee that thou canst make interpretations and dissolve doubts. Now, if thou can't read uh, the writing and make known to me an interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about thy neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. So he's trying to reward them with something if they know. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy reward to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. So he's like, save your flattery, save your jewelry. I'll just make the interpretation. Verse 18. O thou king, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. And for the majesty that have gave him that he gave him all people nations and languages trembled and feared before him whom he would have slew and whom he would have kept alive and whom he would have set up and whom he would have put down but when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride he was disposed uh, from uh, his kingly throne uh, oh and they took his glory from him and he was driven from the sons of men and his heart was made like the beast, like we were just talking about, and his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him uh, with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he appointed um, over it um, whomsoever he will. So this guy had to be brought low so he could see the truth. And thou his son, O Belshazzar, Thou uh, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all things, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee. And thou, thy lords, thy wives, and thy concubines, have drunk wine to them. And thou hast praised the gods of silver, gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which he see not, nor hear, nor know. And the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways hast thou not glorified. Then uh, was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written, and this is the writing that was written, Mene, Mene, Takeel, Eupharsit. Okay, uh, this is the interpretation of the thing. Mene, God hath numbered thy kingdom, and is finished. Okay, so God pretty much, he numbered this kingdom, and now he's done with it. All right, he he pronounced that it's done, okay. And then it says, "Thou art weighed; there are weighed in the balance, and are found wanting." So, in other words, you were puffed up in pride. I've just numbered this place. I'm about done with it. You're recognizing that now you're in a difficult situation, and you don't have enough in you to finish this. Okay. So imagine being puffed up in pride. Judgment is about to be proclaimed by God towards you. And you don't have enough to stand against it. So you're found wanting, meaning you're not complete. All because of pride. Verse uh, 28, Perez, that kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Okay, now this would go back to the time of when Babylon was actually taken out. This is historical proof. Babylon was taken out by Medo-Persia. Okay, Medo-Persia, they joined together. They were a massive army. You guys might have heard, in you know, Alexander the Great and all his wars. He went up against King Darius and, Os- and Cyrus. This is what they're talking about. Okay, so the Lord is telling him, your land has already been divided. You might be sitting here parading, enjoying yourself, but this land has already been taken away. And then it says in 29, Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel in scarlet, and put a chain of gold about his neck and made him made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler of the kingdom. And that night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans slain, and Darius the Median took the kingdom, uh, being about three score and sixty I mean well sixty two years old. So well, the point here is pride got in this guy's way, even though he saw judgments. He decided to go against God. He didn't take him seriously. I can guarantee you guys one thing. I'm not trying to paint doom and gloom, but this country will be judged for the, thing that it, the things that it has done to God. Mm-hmm. At one point, this country was a God-fearing nation to some degree. They loved God. They were into God. You know, you couldn't say anything about him. There was a time that the guy that the, was the president would actually pay attention to the guy in the pulpit and try and figure out what he was saying so he would know what laws to present. At one point, the man in the pulpit was the guy who had the power. But you see, puffed up in pride, you know, going along with whatever, thinking that you don't need the Lord, you know, this country's about to be judged. And I'll save that for another study, but most people don't know it. This country's already been sold. Okay, it's been sold in three or four or five pieces. I think they said the Russians have the West Coast. The Chinese have the East, and I think Great Britain has somewhere around the Rockies. They run that region. But this country's been sold. This is why they want to talk about taking guns away. This is why they're saying, oh, we need gun laws every time someone's shot. This is why you're hearing racial strife on TV, because they want everyone fighting so they can call martial law. That's all this is. Don't play into that racist nonsense. But because this country was puffed up in pride, and they have forsaken the Lord. You watch what judgment's going to come here, but it won't have an, an effect on us because we have to be grounded in Jesus Christ. Right. Daniel been through three captivities. He started with um, Israel. They were taken over by um, by um, Babylon. Daniel was still, you know, held by the Lord. Then they were taken over by Persia. You know, the Persian king. I think it was Cyrus. He loved Daniel. If you read chapter six. He was praying for Daniel and everything, trying to help Daniel get through this. So favor with the Lord is greater than anything you can have in this world. Because as Paul says, the things that are, you know, um, that you can see that are visible, they're temporal. They're not permanent. The things that you cannot see are eternal. So we have to have our minds focused towards Christ. Let's not get puffed up in pride because there are real dangers out there unseen. And we need Jesus Christ to lead us through it all. That's right. So the last thing you want to be is pride and think that you're out here doing it in your own strength. Because the devil has got big plans for you. <laughs> Believe me. Alright, so we'll just get off of that. But that was about pride. Let's go to uh, Colossians 3 and 9. We're going to get on the lying tongue. of well, 3 and 7. I know I don't paint good news all the time, but... And like the Bible says, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man that the Lord has for them that love him. So we got to love the Lord. He'll take care of us. He's not going to leave his people, believe me. That's right. But for those that don't know him, they're going to have some trouble in their lives. All right. um, Colossians 3 and 5. Everybody there almost. Right all right Colossians 3 and 5 mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth fornication uncleanness inordinate affection evil concupiscence and covetousness which is idolatry so you know you're involved in any of this covetousness which is the worship of money or the you know the love of money that's idolatry for which kings now we just read what happened to a king that was involved in idolatry Right, but the next thing is in six for which things uh sake the wrath of god cometh on the children of disobedience the children of disobedience or anyone that's on this list in verse five okay verse uh six or seven in the which ye also walked sometime uh when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, uh, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, um, and have put on the new man, uh, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Now we all know from re- reading earlier in this uh, book, Colossians 1.15, it tells you about the magnificence and the, you know, the, um, what's the word? The glory of Jesus Christ, how he created everything. So when people want to say Jesus is not God, well, the Bible makes very clear that Jesus was the creator of all things, seen and unseen. Of course, it was for the Father who's in charge, but Jesus is the creator of everything. All right, so they're saying that, you know, we shouldn't lie. You know, lie not or, and put off the old man. You know, we covered last week, we don't have to go a lot into this, but lying itself, you know, it's, it's dangerous. You know, lying on somebody or, or not telling the truth, we know it's demonic mm-hmm. because I've met people who can tell you lies with a straight face and you don't know if it's true or not. Right. And I mean, this person is telling it like it's real, like it really happened. And you, you, your mind will start to swirl because you don't know, man, you know, is that true? But you got people that lie this way because they cover up pain in their lives. This also is linked to pride. Because if you're truthful about your circumstances and your situation, the Lord can work with you. But you know, they always say when men and women, they lie about two different kinds of things. A woman will lie about maybe her age, but a man will lie about how much money he makes, you know, what he has, where he's been, all he's done you know so it's kind of like you know again pride you know in the way and we can't afford to have that okay in order to walk the walk with Jesus Christ we cannot have lying in us we've got to be true blue we have to shine through in truth because this truth that we're talking about being stored up in Christ will open up everything that's on the other side that's who speaks to demons okay it's the truth in Jesus Christ that releases people from the bondage that they're in. Because when they look at you, they see that whatever the demons or whatever it is you're trying to get rid of in a person, by bringing them to Jesus Christ, it's that light reflected of the truth in Jesus Christ that's setting that person free. But if you're involved in the same sin, you've got no power over this situation. Your temple is as dirty as this man, so how can you um, tell him about Jesus Christ? So we have to walk the talk. That's pretty much all it's saying. Right. Uh, Let's go to Proverbs 12 and 11. there Proverbs 12 and 11 and it says he that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding the wicked desireth uh, the net of evil men but the root of the righteous yielding fruit Uh, the wicked is snared um, uh, by the transgression of his lips but the just shall come out of trouble a man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. So, we understand here that the way to do what's right in the Lord is watching our communication. Again, profanity is the word profane, it comes from that which makes a temple dirty. Okay, if we're going to walk in the truth, then we also have to speak truth. You know, what Jesus said there was nothing from without a man that defileth the man but that which is inside of us so we want to be careful you know we have to live in truth if Jesus is the truth and we're here telling filthy black lies how can the how can the Lord flow through that mm-hmm. and I'll tell you something about the high priest and the day of atonement when they would give that yearly sacrifice and they went into the um the the outer court you know and then they went into the inner court they washed their hands they made the sacrifice to the Lord and then they walked into that holy place if that high priest had one unconfessed sin, he was struck dead on the spot by lightning. the Bible will tell you that they had bells tied to the guy's legs, okay, that um, they would know if the bell stopped, well, he must be dead. So they would drag the guy out of there. But, you know, that's how important the Lord held the truth in those days. And of course, we have grace today to get things right. But at the end of time, if these things are not right, then we're going to have serious problems. Alright, so let's move on. Um, Hands that shed innocent blood. Let's go to Deuteronomy 18. 18 and verse 9. That's back toward the beginning. stuff going on out there. We don't think we need a God. There's no sirens and everything going on. There's troubles everywhere. Mm-hmm. Twelve and eighteen. Um, 18 and 9. 18. Yeah. Alright. Deuteronomy 18 and verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, Thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. So the Lord is saying, you know, I know you were in Egypt. I took you through the wilderness. You guys are about to walk into the promise. You're walking into the land that I had given you. And he says, learn not to do after the abomination of those nations because, you know, of course, on the other side was the giants. That's another teaching, but we have a good study on giants on um, soundthetrumpetministries.com. You guys can check it out, but it has a lot to do with history, and it'll really put things together in this Bible. So verse 10 says, um, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. Okay, so what we got to understand is, at this time, there was actually a statue that was there, you know, um, of this so-called god named Moloch. Moloch was this image that they would take it and... They would put fire directly under the hands of this statue, and this statue would burn night and day till their hands were white hot. What these people would do, because there were other gods or other people that were into this stuff, would feel if they made a sacrifice to Moloch that they would have gain in their lives. So they would take their infants as soon as they were born and put them on the white hot hands of this statue, and this baby would just disintegrate. I mean, immediately. Okay, so the thing is, is they felt that that was gain. The point is, is that we can identify with this today when we look at abortion. And again, I don't fault anybody for doing it. I had committed the act myself. Whether I was young or not, made no difference. The fact of the matter is, I committed that sin in my ignorance, but it's not what the Lord calls for. Okay, so when they said back that, hands that shed innocent blood, They're not just talking about this. They're talking about murderers. They're talking about people who kill unjustly. And I don't think there's ever a good reason to kill. But, you know, you could be fighting for your life and something happens or whatever, you know. But the point is, is that hands that shed innocent blood, the Lord is against. Why? Because it's things that could be avoided. You know, it's kind of like picking on the weak. You know, it's kind of like a child who has no choice in what they're doing. You're taking upon yourself to say this is no responsibility that I want to deal with I'm gonna do away with it and they felt it was for gain now some people could say well no one thinks of that today oh yes they do think about the fact that most people will commit abortions because they say I'm not ready I haven't finished school I'm not ready to have a child yet well you know you were ready to fornicate you were ready to do all the things that you wanted to do you were grown when you were doing that you know but now all of a sudden there's a responsibility I'm not ready. So you see the same exact thing plays out today that went on then. Mm -hmm. And because of all this shed blood, because I heard it's about 3,000 babies a day that are being aborted in this country. I mean, you can imagine how powerful the dark side is. I mean, all the gain that they're getting from what they're doing. And abortion is nothing other than a blood sacrifice to Satan. This is why they fight so hard to say it's a woman's right to choose. Now, if a woman were raped, because a lot of people try and use this excuse, if a woman were raped, hey, I can understand, you were violated, something happened to you, I'm not sure, you pray about it, you let the Lord, you know, the baby adopt it, or whatever has to happen. But shedding innocent blood, the Lord hates. He can't stand it. And this is another thing that this country is going to be judged for, because this is unjust killing. How can they tell you that you can't go and murder. You're gonna lock up somebody for killing somebody for their chain or some money. But yet, you're telling me abortion is legal? There's something twisted in this world. Right? How is murder okay for this, but it's not okay when it comes to the innocent? I mean, well, you know, it's okay for the innocent because they say it's a woman's right to choose. Man, somebody knows the overall agenda. If you guys look up Margaret Sanger, Margaret Sanger was a, a good friend of Adolf Hitler. They were pals. They wrote one another. They spoke to one another. She was one of them. Okay? And they set these things up in the poor communities. And see, this is how the devil used racism. They set this up in the poor communities to get people to do this. But see, the devil knew all I needed was a way in. Because it's not just black folks doing it and Hispanic folks. You got everybody doing abortions now. But see, that was the goal to let the enemy in. So because of this sort of stuff, the Lord is going to judge this country. I mean, it's unjust killing. Mm -hmm. Let's go to uh, Isaiah uh, 1 and 12.
2: a while back i don't know if you heard about it but they made a tv show some years ago called 16 and pregnant yeah i think i've
0: heard of it i think i used to watch that with your mom (laughs) that tv show yeah she would watch those things but yeah
2: i mean but could you imagine because you know obviously they advertise being you know the 16 year old and getting pregnant and then you have the baby on tv then you got to go to school well what if what if you're no longer on the show what are you going to do then
0: Exactly, And I mean, I just think it's... You know, I'm not trying to judge or condemn anybody. I've done some vile things in my life. But what I'm saying is every broken vessel needs to be full of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He is the remedy to all that we're dealing with. So pointing this stuff out, I'm not condemning anyone. Right. I'm telling everyone how to make it right before it's too late. All right? So um, Isaiah... um, What did I say? One. Isaiah... uh, one. Yeah, one and twelve. Okay. And it says, "For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty. Look at how this comes up, and upon everyone that is lifted up, and he shall be brought low, and upon all the cedars of Lebanon that are high and lifted up, and upon all the oaks of Bashan, and upon all the high mountains, and upon all the hills that are lifted up." I'm in two? Oh, Oh, man, somebody should have told... Oh, sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, It's one, One, sorry. sorry. You guys are just letting me read? (laughs) Because I was looking one but thinking two, so... All right. Take two. Uh, When you come... uh, Well, that was good, though, to bring that one up because that had something to do with what we were talking about. When you come to appear before me... Who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense uh, is an abomination unto me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies I cannot uh, away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hateth. Uh, They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. So this is one of the reasons why the Lord wants us to turn away from that type of sin. Hands to shed innocent blood, because this is what will happen if we're if we're shedding innocent blood in this country and in our in our personal lives. The Lord will not hear your prayers until you make it right with him. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of it. But another thing, when you go back to 13, he says, Bring no more vain oblations like offerings. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths and calling of assemblies I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. So he's even talking about your little church gatherings. You know, everybody coming together trying to appear godly, but you're living like hell. Okay? He's talking about these people that will sit up, and they, they sing glory to the Lord and all this stuff, and their heart's are dark as sackcloth. So the Lord is saying, you know, this is making me sick because it's not like it's changing you, and it's not even to me. It's for you. And you know what? Self stinks. Anytime you got people up there trying to sound wise and You know, they're giving you all their little story. They're telling jokes before, you know, of delivering the word of God. The Lord hates that because this is a serious matter. Mm -hmm. But you got people coming to church like it's a six flags over Jesus. Everybody enjoying themselves and praise the Lord, brother. And, you know, would you like to have a little, you want to go bowling this evening? See, all that right there is a fantasy life. The Lord wants us doing his will. The Lord wants us taking care of the widows and the oppressed, the needy people, the people out there that don't know God. He's saying right here, man, save all that other stuff you're into, because it's not godly, godly. and this is what he means by what Ryan read, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Mm -hmm. You don't even believe in the power of Jesus Christ. You don't preach on it. You don't talk about it. So how are you considering yourself holy and following the Lord? And all you do is go to church and you live like the devil. Think about that. You know, so this is what he's fed up with and prayers will not be answered because they are um, their hands are full of blood. So I can only imagine what they're talking about here. The time of Isaiah, that temple of Moloch was still up. They were probably doing that and then appearing in the temple to be holy. And I'm not saying any of us is without sin. But what I'm saying is, be who you are and get to know the truth. If you want to be holy, then make sacrifices in this temple. You fast and you pray. You seek the Lord. You ask what His will is for your life. And you do the things of God. But appearing religious is not what God is into. He could care less about that. That stuff isn't for God. That stuff is for self. And you got these lying pastors telling people, as long as you behave this way, you're in good. You know Jesus. You're saved because I told you you're saved. Only the Lord tells you you're saved. Right Right here, we're getting vessels fit for the master to use. Mm -hmm. We want the Lord. That's all we're doing here. Getting everybody ready to do the work themselves one day. But this is not about trying to be somebody. You know, you want to be a star. You're stepping in front of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And the Lord is totally against that. All right, so um, he said, uh, verse 16. Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. uh, Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. So what is he talking about? What he said before when he said on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets Love thy neighbor as yourself and love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. When you, when you do those two things, you complete the Ten Commandments. But if you are built up in Christ, you will do the works of Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's what this whole thing is about. You want to have any questions or anything? Or afraid to say anything? Because <laughs> I may go on a longer tangent or what. But
2: You're right, though. I mean, the Lord really is calling his people back to him in these last days that we're in and if we don't get right with him with the time because he all gives us a grace period he gives us all a grace period to get right with him
0: right and I I've, I've backslidden you know in my life coming up more than I wanted to, and I repented and made it right with the Lord. Am I struggling with those sins now? Absolutely not. Why? Because sanctification is a process where the Lord slowly takes things out of your life. Mm -hmm. So you'll never be perfect, but the point is we're supposed to strive. Okay, now I was going to use Genesis 4 as an example. You guys know the story. Cain and Abel, you know, one gave the Lord what he wanted. Cain thought, through process of elimination, I kill Abel. I don't have to obey the Lord. The Lord will automatically take my offering because Abel is dead. It didn't work out that way. No. So the Lord is against that sort of thing. That's what I was making as an example. Abel gave the Lord what he asked for. Cain gave the Lord what he thought was right. Okay, Lord, I won't live right for you, but I'll go to church for you. I'll sing in the choir and sound nice. You know, I'll give a little offering from time to time, but I can't do what you want me to do. And this is why Cain's offer was refused. And Abel's was accepted. Abel gave the Lord what he asked for. You know what the Lord wants from us? A body. He wants a body so that he can do his will through. Right. You know, um, when the Bible says, deny yourself, die daily and follow Jesus Christ. This is what the Lord is talking about. He needs a body to do work through. A vessel fit for the master to use. That's the offering that God wants. That's what you can give him. If you're not giving him that, you know, (laughs) I'm telling you, there's no way to follow Jesus without it. You're going to really need to deny self. Is that easy? No. Will you fail? Absolutely. Will you get better with time if you seek the Lord? Absolutely. Okay, but the thing is, is, it's a daily fight against the flesh. But I'm telling you, for a lot of those church people, I'm not against the church. The church order is correct. What I'm against is... People thinking that that because they're doing this, that they're godly. And they're no closer to God than any sinner out there. Okay, so this is the sort of thing that needs to be worked out. Mm -hmm. It's seeking the Lord. The next one, Um, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Uh, Let's go to Romans 1 and 18. I'm going to have to shorten these up so we can get out of here at a decent hour. Romans 1 and 18. Because, you know, that's what Satan did when he was a worship leader for the Lord. You know, and he was doing this thing for the Lord. He felt like, you know, these people, these angels should be worshiping me. Why worship God? Read Ezekiel 28. That's what people will do in religious works. They'll step in front of God and call it godly. When all the Lord is looking for is a body to work through. Alright, Romans 1 and 18. Everybody almost there? And the only reason I'm talking this way is not that I want to preach doom and gloom, but I love everybody enough to tell them the truth. That's right. Okay? If I, if I didn't love anybody in here, I would tell you guys, man, you know, enjoy life. God loves you. Don't even worry about what happened. He does love you. It's not his love for us is the problem. It's our love for him. But it's not about his love for us. The Lord will love you. He'll love you if you kill 50 people out there. But the fact of the matter is, is there a price to pay for that murder that you committed? You know, so this is the sort of thing that the Lord wants to work out with us. All right, Romans 1 and 18, and it says, For the wrath of God is revealed uh, from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that when they knew God, I mean, because that which may be known of god is manifest in them for god hath shewed it unto them for the invisible things of him of the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and godhead so that they are without excuse again we went over this there are people in this world back in verse 18 they hide the truth of god in unrighteousness okay they'll you'll never learn about jesus in college alright that's not what they talk about they don't want you to know God because they want everybody in this hive mind believing what you believe is your truth and what I believe is my truth so if all this is in relativism who's right because you know I remember being in school you get judged according to your argument not about who's right how well you defend your argument you get graded upon but the question remains am I right or am I wrong See, the world wants to blank that away and just let everybody be happy in what they believe. So, you, you know, then goes right and wrong off the scene. So, you know, verse 20 says, Because there are people that hold the truth in unrighteousness, we are without excuse because the creation of the world will tell you that God made it. Mm-hmm. Nothing can come from nothing. Okay, that's the easiest math uh, answer you would ever have or, or problem you would ever have to deal with nothing from nothing is nothing all right it takes something to make something so we didn't evolve we didn't come out of primordial slime or whatever garbage they teach you we come from our creator we are made with a thinking reasoning process you know the bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made so we know that we didn't just come from nowhere all right so the bible says we're out it we're without excuse If someone were to teach you there was no God and you went on your whole life believing that, the Bible says you are without excuse. Why? Because all you've got to do is open your eyes and see what he's created. I mean, look at, uh, 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 let me just leave that alone for now. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So they started thinking, we don't need God. We know everything outside of God. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. So you see, at one point, man really believed in God. And I'm talking way back when. It wasn't until around the 1500s you had Copernicus. And all these other guys, Darwin, coming up with all these philosophies, trying to re-educate the world outside of Jesus Christ. Okay, so they're saying that they professed themselves to be wise, they became fools. But if you hear from these people, they'll change the image of the uncorruptible God, making him like corruptible man. So that's why people will say, man, you don't need God to live. You know, there, there's no God. You know, I'm God. What are they teaching you now? You are God. What you think matters, void of the truth. Alright, verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Okay, so once you recognize or you have the world believing there is no God, then there's no one to repent before. So now, I can do whatever I want to do, because that's what the whole world is doing anyway, void of God. Alright, so then it says, uh, Who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worship and served the creature more than the creator. There's your evolution, there's your humanism, who was blessed forever, amen. Now, if you continue reading down this, this will tell you how man slowly defiles, because his mind's been changed okay because he no longer recognizes a god he's defiling the temple of god which he eventually goes in from uncleanness unto vile affections unto a reprobate mind when you get to vile affections they start getting into homosexuality not only are you unclean you're just all over the place you know you might have been we might be walking here on the ground they're walking in the sky you know backwards okay your whole world has been flip-flopped at this point and then the last stage is reprobation, which is disqualification. Okay, at that point, you don't want God in your knowledge. You don't want to hear about him. You don't want to be saved. You are rotten from the inside out. Now, unless the Lord comes and and, and cleans you out, you are well on your way to hell. Reprobation is the worst place you can be because you will not accept God at any cost whatsoever. All right, so that's a part of the imagination. Um 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll go to verse 5. That's right next door. But you see, just the imagination of believing there's no God will make you do all sorts of things. Just the imagination of believing that what I'm doing is godly, outside of the truth in this Bible, you know, this is what people fall into. So, you know, imaginations need to be corrected because you can't afford to get this wrong. Right that reprobate mind is really strong in this town oh yeah really oh yeah. Strong. this town is corrupting from the inside out we'll start at verse 2 2 Corinthians 10 and 2 but I beseech you that I may not behold not be bold um, when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Okay, so they're not physical. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You guys want to have a good um, understanding of strongholds? We did a teaching on soundthetrumpetministries.com called The Strongman. Okay, Um, we go to Luke 11 to try to get that straight. A stronghold or a strong man is a place where... You know, let's just say I was raised a Muslim. I learned the truth about Muslims themselves, that they're not following the one true God, that many of the rituals and things that they had done were of Baal. Okay, the same rituals that that Islam does is what Baal did, what the the people of God fought against. Okay, so if I'm someone that was raised in it, and you just said that to me, and because I believe my way is the way, void of the truth, now, I'm going to fight you and bring supportive arguments against what you said, because I, not because you're not hearing what I said, but I refuse to believe that what you said was the truth. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if I admit that, I've got a grandmother that was Muslim. i got a great-grandmother that was a Muslim. So I don't want to believe that they were in hell because they didn't follow the true God. So that's, that's a strong man when you see that sort of thing going on. People addicted to church and not following Jesus—that can be another religious strongman. Homosexuality—that can be a huge strongman. You going to say something? No. Oh, you just— script- oh, okay. <laughs> so you know these are the strongholds that the Word of God, the Holy Ghost breaks down in our lives. Okay, that's the only thing the Bible says. When a man is strong and armed. He holds his palace. That's the strong man. That's the demons that are in a person that doesn't want to come to the truth. The Bible says when a stronger than he comes and takes that house over, then that's a that's the Holy Ghost that can clean out that person, keeping them from being bound in their feelings and their emotions. We did another good study on that. It's called Soul, the, um, what is it? I don't know, but it's about the soul. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's, um, what is it? Stronghold of the enemy. yeah. The soul, the stronghold of the the enemy. That's another teaching we did on that. And people, based on their feelings or, or their emotions, they develop feelings that build strongholds. That's how it begins. No one ever just believes strongly something. You have an emotion towards something you may like or dislike, which will build feelings that will just fortify that place. No one's coming in here. It's just like a woman that's been hurt by men. I'll never give my heart out to another man again. No, man, no, love don't live here anymore. After what happened, I'll never let another man hurt me. That's a strong man that only the Holy Ghost can break down. Right. All right, so verse um, 5. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, So if we yield to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will make those changes in our lives. You see how it casts down the imaginations that, you know, that exalt themselves above God. The imagination, I don't need a God. I'm my own God. I'm as wise as God. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. God doesn't exist. Well, the word of God will break down those strongholds and throw those imaginations down and bring every thought to the captivity, to the obedience of of Jesus Christ why because you recognize his way is the truth now we gotta move on so um, so you know a heart that devises wicked imaginations we went there feet that be swift and in running into mischief let's go to James 3 and 13 we're gonna have to start just giving one verse for these so we can finish on time with James 3 verse 13 See, we all had an apple out of this bag. Feet and a swift and running into mischief. Uh, you know, kids grow up learning how to do bad all by themselves. You don't have to teach a child how to do bad. It's in our sin nature. It's in the nature of Adam that only the Holy Ghost can change. All right, James 3 and uh, 13. And it says, "Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him shew out of a good conversation his works with meekness and of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. That word for sensual is the word synchekos, which means that which can be perceived with its five senses. Okay, that means... That instead of being spiritual, you, you grade things according to how you feel. And this is what locks a lot of people out of the word of God and, and following the one true God. When you tell people, if we continue in certain sins, we'll go to hell, you know what they'll say? A central person, well, the God I know is love. He'll never send anyone to hell. You believe that live You want to read the word and know the real God. Right. God is love. He is the presence of love, or well, love is the presence of God. Absolutely. But God also, what's that? So but you have to love Him back. That's right. God also has conditions for us too. Why? Because He said, "Be ye holy, for I am holy." So if He gave us instruction, then there's things that He wants us to do. Because they said, "Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord." Now, you know, follow in the Lord's word and strive to do what is right. The Holy Ghost will take control and will make a difference. So, okay, this is earthly, so it's not heavenly. It's sensual, which means it's not spiritual. It's all about what I can see and I can taste and I can touch. The way it makes me feel tells me it's right. That's sensual. Okay, and what is the next thing after sensual? Devilish. For where envying and strife is... There is confusion in every evil work. Okay, so along with this type of attitude, there is an evil work that takes place. Then it says, um, verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Okay, so, you know, that, that's the fruit of the Spirit that they're talking about versus the fruit of the flesh. If you're sensual, nine times out of ten, you'll get it wrong. Because it's not about your will or your feelings. It's what the Lord desires for us. That's what Christ being formed in us does. We will think like Christ. We won't have our own views on it. Because when you address people with this, what they'll tell you is... Well, the way I see it, I don't care where you see it. What is written? Right. You're a Christian, right? This is the Bible you read, right? Well, the Bible has instruction, so the way you see it is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people won't even go into that; they'll go with their feelings. Uh, Jude uh, one, that's right next door, and we'll move on. Well, there's only one Jude, so it's right before
1: Revelation.
0: Yeah, Jude one sixteen. Now, you know, early on it talks about Enoch being the seventh from Adam. He prophesied that the Lord would come with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their um, hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Okay, so that's what we're talking about now, but we're getting ready to take it in. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaking great swelling words, so they're trying to convince people, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they who, who told you uh, there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust? Anybody want to prove this is true? Go out there and preach the gospel. You don't believe the word of God? Go preach it and see how many people laugh in your face Mm -hmm. and call you stupid. I can't believe you believe in that. So these are people that walk after their own lust, not after the Lord. But look at verse 19. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit okay so these people go according to their feelings not the feelings of god not through the spirit of god so this is why people will debate you i don't think the lord would do all of that you know but the point is what does it say Right. this is gonna damn a lot of people to hell not reading their bibles for themselves by listening to some liar in the pulpit telling you all you gotta do brother is show love and everything is complete yeah if it's love towards your brother And it's love towards uh, God, and you're doing the things of God that he called you to do? Absolutely. But don't think that you're going to get love of God void of truth. The truth has to be told. Any type of truth outside of love or any love outside of truth is evil. It's not the truth. Jesus said, I want to tell you many things, but I feel you can't bear them. But Jesus told his disciples the truth. He didn't hold anything back. He told them how their persecution would be. He told them all that they would go through. He never said, "Guys, you'll be just fine. Just wait till I get back." He told them all what would happen and told them to pray so they didn't—they wouldn't fall into temptation. So these things are important. But uh, let's move on. So that was um, feet that be swift to running into mischief. Why? Because they walk after their own ungodly lust. And they're only interested in their sensual, soulless nature. A false witness that speak of lies. Oh, man. Second Peter 2. We're right next door, so let's go there. Second Peter 2 and verse 1. What time is it? Anybody know? 9.30. Yeah, we're going to get out of here. We'll finish this up we got like one more after this and then we'll move on yeah yeah 2nd Peter 2 verse 1 I'm glad you said that again because I was in 1st Peter 1 <laughs> so yeah alright 2nd 2 Peter 2 verse 1 but there shall, I mean, because a lot of people will tell you, you know, my pastor doesn't preach that, so I don't believe it. Well, look at Second uh, Peter 2 and verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, uh, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And that's exactly what people would think. Mm-hmm. If I'm telling you what I'm telling you now in a regular church full of religious people, they will say what I'm saying is evil. That is not the love of the Lord. That is not God's love. See see the way he's talking all laugh. You know, there's no love in his conversation. They would totally dismiss it. I don't know where people got the impression that Jesus was a soft-spoken person, or the prophets. Read what they said in this Bible, and you tell me if they were soft-spoken. They said what needed to be said, and they hit the door. What you felt about it was irrelevant. What they said was the truth. You could take it or leave it. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not so he's talking about here that they would make merchandise of you these false teachers they don't care about your salvation bring me some money that's what i need i need the dough alright what you do is your problem if you were dumb enough to follow me then that's your fault i need the mullah and i need it now that's how they feel in every you know this all these guys talk about well, if you didn't give, and, and if you say, oh, I'm having trouble in my life, I don't know what's going on, you know what they say? Yeah. I, know, I think I know what your problem is, brother. You haven't given tithes or offering in a long time. You know, so they make you feel guilty in the giving more. There is no New Testament tithe. Okay, the Bible says we are not to give grudgingly or of necessity. So we can give offering, but you're not commanded to give it. They said the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So you may give more than 10%, but it's really in your heart what you give, taking care of others. But these pastors will tell you there's a tithe in the New Testament. There is none. The tithe was under the law. But the Lord loves a cheerful giver, which is, to me, harder to do. A cheerful giver is one who will give you the shirt off his back. Never mind the offering. Hey, man, you don't have a car. You know, I was thinking about buying one next week. Here, yeah, man, you have it. That's a cheerful giver. <laughs> You know, hey, I was going to eat tonight, but I only had enough for me, and you know what, man? Just eat it. The Lord will take care of it. And they would be, oh, no, it's yours. Oh, man, I'm just happy to see you eat. That's the love of God, okay? That's, that's a real heart of God. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people will tell well, I don't have it, so I don't. And I'm not saying give what you don't have. What I'm saying is a cheerful giver is even that much more challenging than a tithe. A tithe is you must. You know, a, 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 an offering from God or a cheerful giver is I will, because that because Christ lives in me, I'm like Him. All right, quick point. Second Timothy one, I mean four, Second Timothy four and one. And I'm telling people this. I'm not thinking of anybody in particular is why I'm saying this. What I'm saying is, Jesus said, as Ryan read, it, when the disciples asked him, you know, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of that coming and, and the end of the world? Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you. That was the most important thing on his list. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got to be wary of a lot of stuff. That's right. All right, 2 Timothy 4 verse 1, and it says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing uh, and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, Pr- reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. So, this isn't a person of God that he's chosen. These are people that have chosen their teachers because they enjoy what they hear. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not about it being truth. Man, tickle my ears, make me feel great. Verse 4 And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of thy ministry. So he's telling you here that we should be doing the work. You cannot blame any pastor. The Lord will judge those who lied to you in the pulpit. But because you sat up under it, the Lord will ask you, did you not have a Bible? Mm -hmm. Do you not have one to read for yourself? Don't get mad at them. I'm going to deal with them for lying. But you are not excused because you sat up under this. You need to know for yourself. I tell people, don't believe what I say. Check out everything I say. Right. All right? Look at me as I'm skeptical of him. I love people like that. Why? They'll seek the truth for themselves and find out if I'm right or not. All right? So that's what I have for a false witness to speak of lies. You know, I mean, of course, there's other things, people that will say they saw things they didn't. But I thought that that was most important. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. Let's go to Ezekiel 28 real quick. Ezekiel 28, and um, after that we'll go to Psalm 133. That's short, and we can get out of here. Uh, 28, we'll start at verse um, 11. This is the story of Satan before he fell from heaven. This is why the Lord hates this sort of thing. He hates it. He hates people that sell discord, that love to talk behind other people's backs, try and cause strife, get things going. He hates people that love, I mean, he hates the, I didn't say hate, but he hates the things that they do like that. You know, when they're out there, oh, well, if I were you, I wouldn't do that because, you know, to me, they just seem, you know, that little bit in there, I mean, I've seen it destroy groups of people. Just people putting their own spin on it, loving, you know, rumors, lies, telling all sorts of things, trying to get trouble started. All right, verse 11, Ezekiel 28 and 11, and it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sun, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. So the Lord made Satan, or he was Lucifer at the time, full of wisdom, and he was perfect in beauty. We don't even know what that looks like. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, the topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, uh, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy taberns, uh, of thy pipes, was prepared in thee the day that thou was created. So Satan was created a musical instrument. No wonder he understands music so well. Mm-hmm. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so, though thou wast upon the holy mountain of God, that thou walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in the days that thou wast created, until iniquity was found in thee. What is iniquity? Perverseness. By the multitude of thy merchandise... They have, filled, they have filled, um, filled the midst of thee with violence. So because he was so beautiful, because of all his beauty, he was filled with violence, you know, of, full of pride. And thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as a profane thing out of, my, out of the mountain of God. And I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, uh, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, and it shall devour thee. And I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth, in the sight of all them that beheld thee. So, you know, when it says, by thy traffic, Satan was up in heaven selling himself to the angels. Okay? That's what traffic, like when they talk about drug trafficking, this guy was selling himself. Well, God is one way, but honestly, if I were God, you know, I wouldn't do some of the things he did, and you guys could follow me. We know that this is true because it says that he swept a third of the angels with him. So there were some angels that felt that he was absolutely correct with what he was doing, But he blasphemed God, he spoke against God, he caused discord between the angels by having some follow them. So we don't even have to go further into this just to understand that these angels were separated by the lies of Lucifer. Mm -hmm. You see how God hates these things because Lucifer was every single one of these things. He was every single one of these things that we're talking about today. The Bible calls him the father of lies. psalm 133 and um revelation 21 when you guys get there i mean you know um that's just one line we'll read and then we'll close but psalm 133 this is a very short psalm but it says a lot Psalm 133 and verse 1, and it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down from the beard of Aaron's beard uh, that went down to the skirts of his garments. Uh, As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descendeth um, upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing of Uh, even life forevermore So the Lord loves when brothers are in unity together That would mean men and women You see a lot of discord with men a lot of the times when it comes to women You can have a bunch of men playing sports and they're all in it together They're boys having a good time A few girls walk up on the scene and see this And what do you see next? Oh, now they're insulting one another Trying to drive past one another Trying to impress the girls So I'm not saying women are the cause of the discord. I'm just saying that the Lord loves when people are in unity together. So he hates lies. He hates people that spread rumors. He hates people that hates to bring people together. That sells discord because he himself went through it with Lucifer. And because they were spirit beings, they had to be judged that way forever. They had no second chance. Why? Because they knew the truth in God and they chose otherwise. So the Lord is not trying to have that happen again with His bride, which is why He's trying to set us all right to know what's right. Revelation 21 and verse six, and we're done.
2: But Satan, unfortunately, has sown that discord in the church because, um, like I mentioned last week, where you know a church is a place where, like this, where we can come and we can learn the truth and we. Get our life right with the Lord. But you got so many churches these days that are spreading rumors with about one another as spreading discord among the brethren. You shouldn't be doing that there. That's the last place that, that should it's be. It's like a
0: cancer. Yeah. You know, I mean all it does is defile things. It doesn't build anything up. Mm-hmm. It just causes people to see people differently. Now if anyone doubts what I said is true, this is Revelation twenty-one and six. And he said unto me. Revelation 21 and 6 and he said unto me it is done I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end I will give unto him that is a thirst uh, of the fountain of the water of life freely he that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he will be my son overcoming what the world the flesh and the devil that's what a Christian has to go through to make it in. You've got to fight your way in. When when he said that John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force, they didn't just walk into the promised land. They had to fight their way into the promise. Why? Because you got an adversary trying to keep you from seeing truth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People will tell. They always tell me, man, I was coming tonight. No, I mean it could be true, could not be, but whatever. But. I can believe a lot of people when they say I intend to come, but then other things come on my mind and I just get blocked. And I just can't, you know, then all these things, start, you know, start to happen. But if you make a way, the Lord will make a way for you. Mm-hmm. He'll fight with you. Verse eight, but the fearful and unbelieving. So Ryan was talking about fear earlier. You know, I'm, I was talking about unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death now some people would say why are the fearful and unbelieving on this list they're on that list because if you're fearful then you believe that there's something greater than god so it's not a neutral zone you didn't do it when the lord asked you why didn't you do something you know, people will say, well, I was afraid. So that meant that you thought that your situation, whatever it was you were going through, was bigger than me. Yeah, Martin. So what's the second death of the, like, so first you die in the flesh and second you die in the spirit? Right, you know, and the lake of fire is forever. All right, I'm just going to read one quick thing, Second Chronicles 7:14. This is just one verse. And this is all we have to do to make things right with the Lord, but people will not do it. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. That is all that even this country has to do. But this country doesn't want God.
1: What verse
0: is that? 2 Chronicles 7.14. So from here, you know, that's just the whole point in recognizing why we hurt the Lord, the things that we need to make right in Him. Will we do these things overnight? Absolutely not. But it's about striving. It's about yielding to the Holy Ghost and getting those things right. Okay, because he said, for those who overcome are those who get the rewards. For those who didn't overcome. Hey, I'm not saying this. This is written in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But if you don't overcome, there's nothing for you outside of God but a lake of fire. You know, and I'm not trying to paint fear. He loves us. But the Lord can't be with a filthy person. You've got to be sanctified in the spirit. How can you be in heaven? You do just what Lucifer did. Right. You know, I'm um, um, being profane. And what did he do? Sell discord among the brethren. You think God wants to go through that again? No. So he wants us to be made right. You know, um, is it hard? Yes, it can be. But it's not hard if you yield your life to God and to the Holy Ghost. It's not
2: impossible.
0: Not impossible at all. You know, because some people will tell you that's impossible for someone to follow this. Listen, yield to the spirit of the Lord. He will keep you from falling. Jude 1 and 23 says that, and I believe it. Why? Because it's the word of God. He can do all things. Yield to him and watch what he does in your life. All right. So from here, Sarah's going to pray out. Sorry to hold you guys so long. You know, it's just certain points when when you address things like this. You know, they have some length to them. But good, Sarah.
2: Heavenly Father, I want to come to you tonight, and I want to thank you for another day that you've given to us, Lord, another day not promised to us. I want to thank you for all the things that you've done for us, Lord, everything that you've given to us, blessed us with, and bestowed upon us, Lord, for you have taken care of every need and so much more. You've never left us wanting or without, and you've given us everything that we need to go through this life and to serve you. Lord, and I want to ask and pray tonight that you will be with this ministry and that you will build us up and make us strong. Lord, each and every one of us in here, I believe that we have a godly inheritance and that we not live below it, but we got to come and seek you, Lord. We have to seek your face, Lord. We have to fight our way into the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we have to test the spirits to see if they be of you or if they be of the Antichrist, Lord. And I'm praying that you will touch this ministry today. Lord, I pray that we will make you the rock of our salvation, our chief cornerstone. Lord, I pray that each and every individual in here tonight, with whatever we are going through, that we will give it to you, Lord, so you can work in our lives. Because there have been so many false prophets that have gone out into the world and they've sown the seeds of discord. They've sown the seeds of lying lips, Lord. They have sown the seeds of mischief, false witnesses. Lord, they have blasphemed your name. Lord, they have lied upon you and they've done it all in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, help us to seek the truth by studying your scripture, Lord, by letting your Holy Spirit grow in our lives. Let us be grounded in your truth, Lord. Let us seek after righteousness, not a false doctrine. Let us seek to be holy for you are holy, Lord. Let us not seek after some lying pastor, Lord, that all he preaches is, it's some sweet, loving message when he says, all we have to do is love. Lord, you are the ultimate image of love because you are love. And that's what your word says, Lord. But we have to go according to what your scripture says. What is love? Lord, we have to watch over the fatherless, Lord. We have to watch over the widows. Feed the homeless, Lord. Do all the things a servant should do because you are you were a servant, Lord, when you were here on the earth. And we have to follow after your example, Lord. Let us be grown. Let us be Christians, Lord. Let us be Christ-like. What is to be Christ-like? It is what your word says. Lord, if they killed you, if they persecuted you, they will persecute us. But we can't have any fear of what this world's going to do to us, Lord. We cannot bow the knee. We have to be accounted worthy to be a part of that remnant. We have to be strong in you, Lord. Because this, the enemy, Lord, Satan... This is his kingdom. And he has done all the wrong things, Lord, against you. And he's trying to get your people to follow after him, Lord. But no, we will say no, Lord. We will say no to Satan. We will say no to this world. We will say no to the demons, Lord. And we will seek after you. Lord, let every one of us here tonight, Lord, come to you in all humbleness, Lord. Let not pride be a part of our lives, Lord. Let it not be numbered among us. Lord, I'm asking and praying tonight, Lord, that you will put an outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon this ministry so greatly that we will burst at the seams. But let us be transformed, Lord. Let us put off the old man. And every part of that, Lord, let us come to you. Let's put on the new man in Christ Jesus. Lord, I know that new wine cannot go into an old bottle. So I'm praying that every time, Lord, every year, Every moment that we are given, that everything in our lives that keeps us from having a relationship with you, it gets put off so you can fill us, Lord, so we can do the work of an evangelist, Lord. If there's anyone in here today that believes, Lord, that you are calling them to do something great for you, Lord, I pray that you would touch that person's life, that you would fill them, that you would help them to see, Lord, that through you all things are possible, Lord, but we got to have true faith and true belief. That we can do these things that you've called us to do, Lord. Let us seek your calling upon our lives within the body of Christ. So, Lord, we can go out and we can bring others to you, Lord. Others to the truth. Because there is only one way and that's through Christ Jesus. Lord, you are the, you are the shepherd, Lord. You are the gate. There's too many hirelings and false prophets out there today, Lord. But you are the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by you. Help us to see that, Lord. Because there is only heaven and hell. There's only those two ways, Lord. And I pray that we do not find our our way into hell, Lord. Let us fall upon you so you can break us, Lord, and mold us into the image of Christ. I pray, Lord, that you do not fall upon us. Let us not be of the children of wrath, the children of disobedience. Let us not become reprobate, Lord. Let us transform our lives to you. I thank you again, Lord, for all the things that you've done for us. Let us hunger and thirst after your word. Let us be given into more prayer and fasting to kill off the flesh, Lord, that old sensual, soulish nature so we can live in the spirit, Lord. You are in the spirit. You are in the fire like those Hebrew boys, Lord. Let the enemy turn up the heat so we can see what we are made of in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see and understand the spiritual warfare that's going on around us, that we would take on the full armor of God because that is our defense against the enemy. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Place your shield of protection around us. Guide and direct and lead us into your truths and into all truths. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.